Today's episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast is brought to you by Val Geisler. Val is a copywriter who uses email to strategically generate leads and close more sales. The last onboarding email sequence she rewrote saw a 209% increase in conversions. She primarily works with B2C businesses who focus on MRR and helps increase trial conversions by auditing email sequences, rewriting as necessary, and working with your design and development team on in-app onboarding. You can find out more by going to valgeisler.com. I'll spell that for you, V-A-L-G-E-I-S-L-E-R.com. All right, looks like we're recording. Hey, Val, how are you? I'm awesome, Philip. Thanks for talking with me today. So I'm speaking with Val Geisler, and Val is one of the valued members of my email list. <laughs> and she wrote, <laughs> uh, responded to an email that I sent back, uh, it looks like October 4th, and said, and said, and sort of said the magic words, I have a specialization success story. And I was on that like white on rice. <laughs> and I was like, let's, let's have you talk about that on, on my podcast. So I am going to leave out the numbers here, but I'm going to read uh, just a few sentences from, from your email to kind of set the context. And then I want to, want to let you kind of start telling the story about what happened. Yeah. I mean, if it's helpful, I honestly, I'm an open book. So feel free to share the numbers if you want to okay. just read it verbatim. Yeah. Okay. Just starting a little bit in here. So Val says, yesterday I landed a big client for a $24,000 contract that will require only, I'm adding the word only, <laughs> about a quarter <laughs> of my time over the course of four months. This is more than I would have ever quoted anyone. And it's all thanks to learning about positioning and the value of positioning. So I could have my position, Val continues, I could have positioned myself as a generalist marketer and writer in taking content gigs, website copy jobs, and anything else to piece together a living. Instead, I'm positioning myself as an expert in increasing conversions and reducing churn through onboarding, affiliate programs, and partner programs for B2C SaaS companies, and my business is exploding in a good way. So that's, that's the sort of the real meat of this, um, this email, and I think that's a great point to start out. So Val, how did you, how did you get into marketing in the first place? Like, what's, what's the sort of uh, condensed version of how you got to where you are? Well, I'm a theater major, so oh, wow. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, obvious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not um, like classically trained marketer. I didn't go to business school or have a communications degree or anything like that. Um, I was an online business owner myself and completely uh, school school of hard knocks. Um, so I ran a business online for about five years, um, mm -hmm. was, I was a virtual assistant and okay. built my business up, became a project manager, online business manager, um, and really built, uh, I had a team working for me of other VAs, um, who were the implementers as I kind of grew my business. Um, and, and in doing that, I started using, you know, all kinds of different software and following other marketers and learning from them and trying things and failing and, um, and then trying things and succeeding and hopefully doing more of that. Um, and in that process, I was using a, an email marketing platform, uh, reached out to them about doing, I was doing some customer onboarding work for uh, a couple of different 
businesses at the time. And, and I was a brand new customer of theirs and thought, oh, you know, I would love to help them with their customer onboarding. And so pitched them on some customer onboarding work. And they said, actually, let's, uh, I really want to hire you to help do our content and do our marketing. I've, you know, we've read your blog and let's talk about full-time employment. Um, and so I got the opportunity to be a really early hire at a high growth startup um, running marketing for them and um, spent a year and a half in, in that role and just absorbing everything I, I could. It was like um, the fastest masters of, you know, business ever mm -hmm. that I've, <laughs> I've ever um, been a part of. So it was a really great learning experience and um, got to apply what I had learned running my business to, to the, this, this B2C software company. And, um, and that's kind of where I found my specialty too. Mm. So that at some point that like you, you went back independent, right? Mm -hmm. And you, okay. So. Yeah. So I was working um, full time for them and mm -hmm. um, actually it's, I think that this is something that a lot of people can relate to as I was working full time. I had, um, when I ran my business independently, I had my first child. And so I kind of made my own hours. It was really helpful with a tiny baby at home um, to run my own schedule. And I went to work for this company, um, kind of worked more of a standard, even though we worked remotely. I still worked at home, but um, definitely had more of a standard work day. And, um, and then I had my second child and I just really needed a little more flexibility, mm -hmm. uh, especially as the mother's, you know, kind of main caregiver for a small infant. Um, my husband's super helpful, but can, there's a limitation there. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so I, I realized I had a skill set I had developed over time, um, and that was marketing um, specifically in writing. I, I thought when I um, kind of made this plan, like, okay, I think I really need to just go freelance for a while. Um, and, and I really thought of it as I'm going to go freelance and I'm going to write you know, I, I'm really good at email marketing because I've been working for an email marketing software so I can write email sequences for people or um, I can help write sales page copy or, you know, I could help a software company write their marketing site because I did that as part of my duties on, on the marketing team. Um, you know, there were a lot of different kind of, as an early hire in the marketing, I was the number one marketer at the company. Um, you kind of wore all the hats in the marketing department. And so I knew how to do a lot of different things. And I thought, I'll just go freelance and like charge hourly and, you know, work half as many hours as I am now and make at least the same amount of money, if not more, you know, kind of replace my salary was like the goal. Okay. Um, and, and that's when I set off on my own. And that was really earlier this year. It was about six months ago. Okay. So how did you start finding work when you were just jumping into working for yourself again? Yeah. Um, luckily I had stayed connected. So I'd already run, um, I'd run my business previously and I had been growing an email list. Mm -hmm. I knew um, about all about email marketing. Um, and so I had stayed connected to my email list throughout that year and a half of working um, full time. And then I really had the support of my team. So the team knew, you know, I needed more time with my family and, um, and they were sending referrals to me too from their customer base saying, Hey, actually we have people asking us to, to help write their email sequences and we can't get all that done for them. So we'll send them to you. So I was in a really fortunate position of a very supportive team. And then also being 
connected to my network still um, that I had built up over time. And, um, and then, you know, from there, from those first initial clients, I was, I was doing exactly that, writing email sequences, um, helping with sales page copy, um, webinar copy, things like that. And from those initial clients, it was all referrals from there. You said something that reminds, reminded me of a question I've gotten from time to time. And I'll put in a little bit of background, but I want to hear how you handled this. So it looks like one of two things. Someone is interested in starting to work for themselves, but they have a full-time job now. And they're wondering what they can do to prepare for that. And the other thing is some, uh, I've actually seen a, a sort of what feels like a rash of this lately <laughs> is um, folks uh, that I, you know, have talked to at various points along their self-employment journey and they are ready to take a break from that, that they expect will be temporary. And so they're going to get a full-time job. And both of those situations look the same in that there's this question, how how could you be working on your future um, self-employment career or side gig while you have a full-time job. Like when you were, you know, doing the the full-time job thing and growing your personal email list, did you ever feel like there was some kind of conflict in, in that or what what do I say to the email list? Do I, (laughs) I can't talk about what I'm doing for my employer for, you know, reasons. So how did you handle that? Um, So you do it very purposely. Um, and, and by that, I mean, you purposely set aside time in your week. And so that's obviously outside of your regular work hours, um, that, you know, for me, that was after my kid was in bed, um, or early in the morning, um, or even, you know, taking a, because I worked remotely and had a little bit of control over my schedule, maybe I took a longer lunch break and would work over my lunch, mm-hmm. um, one, on one day, depending on what I had to do, but I do, but I do, but I, but I, I didn't in that, um, in that time period, I had connections and I was building authority over a particular domain. Um, and that, that did shift over time because I had, I had that audience of, um, you know, I had an interest in systems and processes coming from a virtual assistant, um, project management background. And so I was doing things like reviewing, online tools, um, you know, a project management tool or a scheduling tool and, and writing blog posts about that and, um, you know, emailing a list about that, creating an email opt-in around systems and processes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started to get more involved in this marketing world, I just, again, purposely made the shift towards marketing systems. And then I started talking about other marketing, copywriting techniques. I started talking about other marketers that I knew and what they were doing uh, and just kind of shifted the attention a bit away from the general tools to now we're talking about marketing tools and now we're talking about copywriting and marketing specifically. Um, And now I'm, now I've positioned myself to be a person of authority when I say, Hey, actually I'm opening up, like you can book me for an hour long call or a three hour session um, or a six hour, a full day, you know, a work day. Um, Then people were excited for that because they had already been given an incredible amount of value by being on the email list and getting free content. Um, that again was done really purposely. I emailed them every single week. If I didn't email them in a week, they knew why I wasn't emailing them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, you do that with your daily emails mm-hmm. um, of, you know, it's very intentional. I expect to hear from you every day. Um, and so then when you say, hey, you can buy this product or sign up for this service or, you know, join my, take a, you know, do a one-on-one with me, I feel that strong sense of authority and your part. And, um, and I already know, like, and trust you. So it's kind of like that the no like and trust factor is what you're building on the side. Um, and of course you're also building up your skill set if you're working full time and you want to build up a particular area of expertise. Yeah, you're probably taking those classes on on that that thing or reading books or studying it in addition to building all the ex- expert knowledge um, and, yeah. and authority. Yeah. Yeah, you and I have something in common, which is that we have both used an email list to, um, I don't know what the exact right word for it is, but sort of pave the way for the next thing mm-hmm. in, in our in our career or our work. I, like I've made use of my email list to kind of move into doing more advisory work, probably quicker and with less um, financial pain <laughs> than yeah. I would have otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. It sounds like you use your list the same way you, you sort of saw the shift coming. So you shifted the focus of what you were um, sending out to your list and that paved the way for work, right? Yeah. And you know, over time, I mean, my list size shifted as well alongside of that people lost interest. They wanted all the systems and tools and maybe they were other you know, aspiring virtual assistants or something that as I went toward marketing, they got less interested and they dropped off. And that's cool because they aren't my new ideal client. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a, this concept of the, like a spiral staircase. Everybody thinks that you're on this like ladder trajectory or like, a, you know, it's an escalator that's going one direction. You're looking at all the time, but just keep going up. So you're always following the same trajectory, but if it's not a ladder, maybe it's a spiral staircase where you're still going up, but it's looking a little bit different every couple of steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still on that same staircase. You're still on that trajectory moving upward. Um, it's just a little bit of different point of view. So while I was still emailing my list, still communicating with them, still building authority, it just started to take a little different point of view. Um, and, you know, it ended up with a much more targeted list who was much more interested in the services that I offered when I finally did offer them. Did you, how, uh, how formal was this plan to shift into marketing? Was it like, okay, I have a six month plan and at month Mm. two, (laughs) was it like that or more casual? (laughs) It was very casual. It was um, fully based on my interests. I kind of thought, well, I'm interested in this and um, I want to learn more about it. And so truly what I did was I would, as I would explore things like, for example, I wanted to learn about, um, pricing pages and, you know, kind of looking at how websites are built and how people do pricing um, uh, from, you know, do you even list pricing on your website to how do you price and, you know, price anchoring and everything. So I started doing research and grabbing a bunch of screenshots and storing them in a folder and then, uh, you know, worked on turning that into a blog post um, and then was able to share that with my, my readers, right? So you can, um, you can build up those interests and, um, and study and use those studies as your own kind of case study um, for content. And 
there were definitely times where I thought, okay, I'm going to be swamped at work and I know I want to study this thing. And so I would turn something into like a two part or three part um, blog content series because I knew I wanted to keep studying it, but I um, didn't necessarily have enough in me to put together a huge long form piece of content. Um, so you can break up long form content into three um, pieces of smaller content for your audience. I mean, your emails are, they're not long form. They're a couple of paragraphs. So they're incredibly impactful in those couple of paragraphs. You don't have to have 4,000 words for it to be meaningful. Oh no, I think I lost you. Oh, I'm muted. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was going to okay. say, uh, really long stuff better be good because it, yeah. it's got to earn that, um, you know, the time cost, it needs to pay for itself. Yeah. And the, um, the benefit of doing like a series kind of post is that you hold people's interest. Yeah. Your readers want to come back and read the next part and the next part. So that's kind of a fun way to, to break up your learning too and not feel like, okay, well, I really have an hour every week, like after work and then all my other commitments and my family and whatever else going on, I have an hour to commit to, an email list and I can't write a ton on, you know, or I'm not a writer and I'm, I'm not interested in learning about how to write. You can still create series of content that is interesting to your audience and holds their attention. Um, and, and again, builds that authority as long as you do it really purposely. So in retrospect, the focus you have now conversion, copywriting, that sort of thing seems obvious given your background yeah. was it was it always obvious or was there a point when it wasn't and you were like well maybe i should just take anything that comes my way um you know what's funny is that so when i was freelancing and i kind of i pitched this um, software company and said you know hey let me come work on your your onboarding experience um and you know work on on those emails and that even in the app um, that whole overall experience. Um, they, and they said, well, actually, we really want you to write blog posts for us. And, um, and I just ended up over in the marketing team. At the end of my work with them, I had, uh, over time, I had shifted back towards more of a, um, an onboarding experience, a customer retention, um, churn busting. I was like on the, you know, churn busting team. Uh -huh. um, and, and that was the work I was doing right before I left the company. Um, and so it does seem like it came full circle to the work that I really wanted to be doing in the first place when I pitched them. Um, and, then, and then when I left and went out on my own, I got a little bit scared and I said, let me just take like whatever comes my way. Uh -huh. um, and... And very quickly after um, starting work on my own, well, maybe two or three months in, a friend said, do you know about Philip Morgan? And I started reading what you were writing about positioning. And I was like, ah, yes, I need to do this. Let me go back to what I truly love, which is that you know, user experience from an onboarding perspective, looking at churn reduction uh, and increasing retention rates. And, and doing all of that through email marketing. So that's where the copywriting, the marketing experience come into play. And I don't have to take the ad hoc copywriting gigs and I don't have to write email sequences for people for you know, a couple hundred bucks. Um, mm -hmm. I can really have a bigger impact because of positioning. Mm. 
So do you remember how, how you made that decision? You're being very nice to point out like the role of my writing in that, but what, what was the blow by blow of making that decision? Was it just very fast and easy or was it more drawn out? Um, it was definitely, it was definitely hard. Um, I ended up on the phone with a friend of mine who, um, who started a stock photo company and he has done a lot of work on positioning with his own company. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of talked through it Mm -hmm. and he helped me rewrite my homepage to what it is today. Um, and one night after a big glass of wine, I took down almost everything on my website, which I had, you know, poured years into and tons of like all the marketing techniques and hacks and all those things were, were in place. And I Mm -hmm. just pared it down to essentially a one pager website with, you know, a couple of other links to, um, to how you can hire me, but really focusing on that positioning. um, And I took a deep breath and said, and texted him and said, I did it. And then the next morning I, you know, I, I woke up and I had emails um, from people that I had reached out to prior to that, who had said, you know, I'm ready to talk to you. And it could have just been coincidental that that all happened in that time frame. But I like to think I really put it out there of saying like, nope, this is how, where I'm hanging my hat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then things started to come back to me and I was able to, like I said, in that email pitch a really big contract that I never thought I would, um, that I never thought I would hear myself say those numbers to somebody um, and hear them say yes back. So I'm inspired while you were talking. I just went and Googled you um, because I actually wasn't sure if it was um, just, you know, first name, last name dot com. But it looks like that. That's your website, right? Yeah. Um, And so for folks who might be listening to this and in front of a computer, like, uh, can you just tell them where to go? Um, yeah. So it's um, valgeisler.com. Okay. It's That's, uh, for the spelling impaired. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah thank you. It's uh, V-A-L-G-E-I-S-L-E-R.com. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at this and you've got a headline that grabs attention of not everybody, but the sure. right people. Every right. founder faces the same problem, increasing conversions and reducing churn. I'm Val. I help B2C businesses with less than a thousand customers become big businesses with thousands of customers by increasing trial conversions and reducing churn. Mm-hmm. Beautifully clear. Well, and that was really important for me too, to not just say like, I help SaaS companies or, you know, of, of any size, of any type, um, because yeah. B2B really isn't what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not where I do my best work. And, you know, if, if you have 20,000 customers already, um, you probably have somebody in house who's managing your onboarding. So that's where um, someone like me comes in for a smaller team where you want to bring somebody in to look at your onboarding and your retention emails and, um, you know, in, in app work with your engineering team to shore up the app onboarding do all of those things, but you don't need an in-house person managing that full-time. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Adobe and Microsoft are yeah, SaaS companies, more or less. So. They have whole companies like that. You know, they have departments that manage what I yeah. do for smaller teams. Right, so that specificity is important. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so you got, it sounds like, some almost immediate, like I, I can't imagine faster feedback from right. the marketplace that this was, this was a, you know, a good move for you to, to yeah. narrow down this much. Have you ever questioned it since then? Or I know we're not talking about like a decade worth of time here, but what, what was it like after making that change? Sure. So it's been like two months. Um, and I will, I will be very transparent that, so, you know, initially I did take on those, right, will you write my email campaigns and will you, uh, you know, do, do my webinar copy and um, some of those little ad hoc projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do actually still have those clients um, because they're on a contract until the end of this year. Um, so, you know, th- those contracts are pittering out. And um, more of the work I want to be doing is um, taking over Mm. and having those two kinds of work side by side like that really just reiterates for me every day that (laughs) positioning was absolutely the best thing to be doing. Uh, And, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to um, when these contracts, like I I love these clients and, and the work that I'm doing for these particular clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am really looking forward to um, really just honing in on this position and um, focusing on onboarding and retention. Yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can imagine that. Do you get approached now, and this is, of course, one of my trick questions, do you get approached now by people, not a trick question to you, but to the listeners? <laughs> do you, okay, do you, get approached you said by no people? trick questions. I did, and it, <laughs> but I just meant for you, like the, mm-hmm. this is totally a trick question for listeners. Uh, so do you get approached now by people who don't fit that very narrow definition of B2C business with less than a thousand customers? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why do you think they approach you even though you're so clear about who you're focused on? Probably for the same reason that um, when I pitched a software founder on helping them with email onboarding, they said, actually, can you just help us write our blog? Mm-hmm. Um, for the exact same reason. They, they see a, an ability, um, and I have done work in other areas. Um, and, you know, so my name is attached to projects that no longer fall, that don't fall into my, my mm-hmm. current focus. Um, and so there's, I think there's a little bit of that of like, well, no, but you actually really could do this if you, you know, if I pay you enough money or if you really like me or if you don't have anything else going on. Um, and so I think that they just stick their necks out and, Mm -hmm. and hope that I'll bite. Um, and yeah, it's hard to say no to those things when they come up because I do have the aptitude. I do ha- um, sometimes have the time. I do have the interest in the money. Um, but, you know, overall, I serve my customers better and I serve myself better mm-hmm. when I stick to what I've set out to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do you get clients now? Do you reach out to people? Do they find you? Is it still through referrals? How does that tend to work? Um, it's a relationship-based process. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I almost never send a cold email. I typically build relationships um, first, mostly on Twitter. Um, because my audience is this, you know, under a thousand customers or roughly a thousand customers, you know, small team SaaS B2C SaaS, I can find those 
founders and build relationships with them, read their blogs, get on their email lists, um, reply to their emails, tweet at them, um, let them know who I am. Because, you know, you run into somebody online, the first thing you do is you go check out their website or a social profile or something. You want to know who they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. And if I can provide value to somebody that has nothing to do with what I do, or maybe slightly relates to what I do, um, then I open a door to a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's exactly how I have built all my current clients um, heading towards what I want to be doing and how I'm prospecting clients for the future too, is all through relationship building. And I don't think anyone should really go any other way. I mean, we're all just humans. And if you can be a helpful human to somebody, they're more likely to want to work with you. Like we want to work with people we like and are, you know, are familiar with. So. Yeah. One of my uh, running, not that funny jokes is that uh, the cruel irony of, of the work we all do is we're in a relationship business. Yeah. And, And a lot of us, you know, got, into the situation of working for ourselves because there was some relationship we couldn't handle like a boss we hated or something like that. (laughs) But we just wound up back in a business where relationships are almost more important. Yeah. You leave one boss and you have 12 bosses. Yeah. Right. So exactly. um, Yeah. You never really escape relationships, um, but you maybe have a little more autonomy over how it's handled and who you purposely, you know, go into relationship with and, Um, there's definitely some benefits there, but you have to know how to manage relationships and, and do it in a way that makes sense for you. You know, I have friends who do some similar work to me and they're constantly on the road, either going to the city where a company is based out of and, you know, hanging out with them or attending conferences or, um, and that doesn't work for me personally or my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do what I can from where I am. And that's for me, that's, you know, reading and replying to emails, reading blog posts, um, getting on social media, interacting in ways that I can um, oh. from my home office. Nice. So uh, I guess let's wrap up with one more question, which is what was maybe a surprise as you went through this process or something you did not expect or uh, you know, just something that surprised you about it? Um, that I would still... I, I had this nagging and I, I kind of still do have this nagging feeling that I'm leaving people behind mm. um, and that I'm like letting people down. And so I, I actually did create a, a page where people can hire me for that stuff that I used to do that. And so mm-hmm. in the process of like, okay, well, I really want to be focusing on this one particular area. I thought, well, I don't want to, let people down and this whole group, this whole email list I've built. And yeah, there are people on here who that's, they're not founders. They're not involved in a company and, and maybe I can help them. Um, and so I built, I built a page with ways that, that people can hire me for, you know, an hour long call or, or something like that. Um, so that because I do have a wide variety of interests and I think that mm-hmm. that's the hardest part about positioning is that, you you have to position yourself and sell yourself with this you know kind of one area one specialty, mm-hmm. um, but you as a person have a wide variety of interests, um, and so I guess maybe that's the surprise in all of it is that figuring out ways to fuel my fire for other interests and how to um, 
stay on top of everything um, that I'm, that I'm interested in and, and still like, you know, kind of maybe not care so much about leaving people behind. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's super interesting. Um, Okay. So uh, Val, can you remind the folks at home how they could find out more about you or get in touch with you? I I wouldn't be surprised if there's a uh, B2C SaaS founder with less than a thousand customers out there who needs your help, like what can they do to, to get in touch with you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the website is valgeisler.com, G-E-I-S-L-E-R.com. Um, and you can see everything that I do there. We've kind of talked about most of it. So if you want to talk, you can email me at val at valgeisler.com or um, you can connect with me on Twitter and we can have a conversation. Um, I'm love Val Geisler on Twitter. So that's my, my Twitter handle. You can reach out there and um, say hi. I, I love to meet new people and um, that's the best. Those are the best ways to reach me. Thank you, Val. It was really yeah. great to talk to you about this stuff. Thanks for having me, Philip. It's super fun to um, share the, the experience and, And to share with you how positioning has been so impactful for me. Thank you for everything you do.